0: Love, talk Radio Hello, everyone, and welcome to Girl Power Hour. It is three p m Central, and I'm coming to you from Lubbock, Texas, which is in West Texas, if you're not familiar. Um, beautiful day here, and uh, i can I can't say that enough because mine started out so well. Let me just share with you really quickly before I get into the show today and, and actually some announcements I have how wonderfully my day started. Um, I was invited to go to an elementary school, local elementary school, Rush Elementary, um, to paint with pre-K kids. So there was a uh, a friend of mine who's a teacher for a pre-K class, and she wanted me to come in and, and paint with the kids. And, of course, I accepted, and I was so excited. But I cannot tell you what a wonderful... that gave to my day I mean these kids were just filled with light and life and I just I cannot say enough what what an honor that was and how grateful I am for that experience thank you to the universe thank you to Shannon Kennedy Magri for doing that for me hopeful to do that again just great kids and lots of fun just painting with them we did finger paints everybody got messy it was a great time a uh, wonderful day to start the day, or a wonderful way to start the day. Um, but on that note, I, uh, I also wanted to share, last week, as we talked about on the show, I, I had an opportunity as well to be um, exhibited. My, a piece of mine, um, my art was exhibited in the Nasty Women Lubbock exhibition, which was you know, part of a sister show to the Nasty Women show that was happening in New York City. And uh, New York City, I believe, raised over $35,000 for their particular charities, and it may have been Planned Parenthood. I'm not exactly sure what their um, organizations were that they were donating to. But I know that our show raised almost $1,500 for the local uh, Women's Protective Services and Rape Crisis Center, uh, Voices of Hope. So great success. It was shoulder-to-shoulder for three straight hours, Um, absolutely wonderful turnout. And if you're from this area, then you know why that's so significant. If you're not, then I will tell you that the West Texas area tends to be a pretty conservative area. Texas itself, of course, always ends up a red state. But um, this is a pretty conservative area. And I think I'm Giving it a lot of leeway by saying pretty conservative, uh, but it's certainly a conservative conservative area. So to have such a great turnout and so much support, it was just it was wonderful. Uh, couldn't have asked for a better show. Couldn't have asked for a better experience. Really uplifting. The energy was great. Just there's just something about a gathering of women, and of course there were all sorts of people. You know, with women and men, everybody came. It was a great support on all sides, but it was just. The, the energy of the show and and the women involved the, because all the artists were women and there were 34 artists 38 pieces and it was just very uplifting and so inspiring and uh a great time and 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 actually it won't be the end of it if you if you do live locally uh, somewhere in the west Texas area or in Lubbock you can still see the show it was a one night only event, however, um, because the inauguration is happening, and of course uh, many of us are grieving that experience and that reality, and some of us are still just still in disbelief um, We are having and i say we actually it's Trisha Earle and Shannon cannings who have put this show together, and although Shannon will be marching in mm-hmm. washington d c uh Trisha and, uh, and the rest of us will still be, except for the ones who are still also going to Washington, but the vast majority of the artists will be attending, will be at this event on Saturday. Uh, it's from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. These are Central Time. And it's, again, the Nasty Women Exhibition Lubbock. It. It's a gallery talk and a t-shirt making workshop and we're also going to have uh, i guess this is a big reason i certainly want to be there other than to hear all the artists talk about their art and be able to talk about mine um but it's at twelve fifteen p.m central we'll also be having a stanford quality ceremony and a speak out really great opportunity to be involved in something and and if you can't go to the march in washington or in austin or in dallas all the ones that are in, in uh, Texas and then all the of course, states all over the United States that are uh, having these different marches. If you cannot attend one, then certainly find something that you can do that makes you feel like you're actively involved in the <laughs> in resistance here, um, and certainly being able to be around people that you can uh, communicate with and, and feel, understand, and support you uh, at this time. So, again, if you are wanting to attend this, if you are local, this will be Saturday, 11:30 to 1:30 p.m. Central Time,
1: and there will be a
0: gallery talk with the artist, a Stanford quality ceremony, and speak out, and then a t-shirt printing workshop. workshop which you'll need to bring $15 if you want to do that. You don't have to, you know, attend all of this, but if you want to attend the t-shirt printing um, workshop, then you'll want to bring $15 for that. And this will be at the Texas Tech University School of Art Satellite Gallery, which is. Um, across from LUCA, the Louise Hopkins Underwood Center for the Arts. And, um, again, it's the exact same place if you went, if you attended the show. It's the same place where the show was. If you didn't attend the show, again, it's just that venue right across from LUCA. And if you need more information, feel free to contact me via Facebook, and I can, I can give you more information. If you need the exact address of that gallery, here it is, 1108 5th Street, 1108 5th Street. Okay, so I have some important announcements for you all today. Very exciting stuff going on I want to make sure that I share. Coming up on our show, uh, I will have next week Skylar Liberty Rose back on the show. We are going to be doing Tea Time with Skylar Liberty Rose again, and we'll be doing this monthly. So we're going to have an opportunity to talk to Skylar. And if you would like to call in, if you have a question for Skylar, if you have um, Anything you want to talk to her about, any, any questions about her upcoming projects or possibly about the empowerment experience and that particular journey that she's offered um, a couple of times now, then feel free to give us a call. Uh, the phone lines will, will be open as I speak with her, and it's a good opportunity for you to call in and uh, ask her a question. She's a writer and an empowerment guru and there's a lot to learn from her. So if you've ever had a question you might want to ask, um, something that you know maybe she could help you with, or even if it's just something that you would like to know about her, feel free to call. Um, also, on February 1st, as always, Psychic Wednesday. It happens the first of every month, and it is my favorite day. <laughs> so much fun. And if you want to call in and get your reading, remember they're free. Um, from Elizabeth, who is an intuitive medium and a professional card reader, and be sure to set your calendar now in your phone or on your iPad. Make sure that you put in February 1st, 3 p.m. Central, and our number, which is 602-753-1589, because you'll want to call in early to make sure that you get on, because I'm not always able to get to every caller. We run out of time pretty quickly. An hour flies by faster than it seems that it would. So we always kind of run out of time. So make sure you call in early to make sure we get to your question. And uh, and again, Elizabeth, she always gives such great advice and she's just so wonderful to have on the show, such great energy. So be sure to tune in for that. And then on February 8th, I have Jamie Lerner on the show. Remember, she is a co-author of the book the ever-loving essence of you. So another great show lined up with another great guest that I have yet to have the opportunity to speak to, so I'm certainly looking forward to that. And speaking of a new guest on the show, remember we had Valerie Green on recently. She's a relationship coach. Um, she gave such great information. I just can't even say enough about that. It was just such a great show, just so much information from her. I just continue, I really wanted to continue talking for another hour Unfortunately, couldn't do that, but um, if you missed that show, or even if you tuned in and you heard it and you wanted more information, or you wanted to have uh, more information that applied directly to you and your situation, well, you have an opportunity to talk to Valerie. We're going to do a call-in show with her on February 15th. That's the day after Valentine's Day, uh, which seems kind of poignant, so you might want to put that in your calendar as well, February 15th a call-in show with Valerie Green, Relationship Coach. So lots of great stuff coming up, and I hope that you'll all set your calendars and be prepared to tune in. I'm certainly excited about all of it, and I hope you are too. And if you ever have a suggestion for a guest, please drop me a line, send a message. The Facebook page is one way to reach me. You can uh, go to facebook.com backslash girlpower half hour, because remember, when this show first started, it was a half hour, every day except for weekends and so now it's a full hour but we have not been able to change that name on Facebook it's a little bit more of a tedious uh, task than it seems so if you'll just send me a line drop me a message there or you can email me CherokeeSherie at Hotmail.com you can find that on the Girl Power Hour page on Blog Talk Radio and send me the name of the person or persons you would like for me to have on the show any suggestions I'm always open if you are an agent and you have a client you would like to hear on the show, feel free to contact me. I would love to have uh, more new guests on the show. I'm always open to uh, hosting new guests and hearing what you have to share and helping you get your message out into the world. That's what it's all about. We all help each other um, empower the world, light up the world, and enlighten people. So give me uh, uh, some contacts and some suggestions and some names, and I'll do my best to get in touch, or better yet, have them contact me. Moving on to the show today, this is a call-in show as well. Today I am sharing a new show, uh, something I'm going to try, see how you guys feel about it. And if you don't like it, you can tell me that too. (laughs) I'm open to any feedback, positive or negative, but it doesn't necessarily mean I'll change it, but it certainly does mean that I obviously want to hear from you because you are the reason the show happens. So today we're going to try out something a little different. And uh, it's something that I've been doing for a while via an advice column, which I have with Metro Leader. Um, That is a, a, well, you can find it online, but it's also typically a hard copy publication that comes in people's mail, but you can find the online version, and that's typically where people go to find the advice that I've given them on the questions they've sent my way. So I thought I would try an advice line um, here and see how it goes for people who want to call in If if you have a situation or a question for me, something going on in your life, whether it be your love life or uh, career or something that's just happening with you personally or someone that you love or care about, even a friendship, doesn't matter what it is, um, I'm a life coach and I have three degrees in counseling and psychology and a lot of life experience and so I can certainly try to help and uh, of course, this is not like a, a free session, so it's just like when when we have Elizabeth on the phone, you call in with one question, with one situation, and then I can give you some advice on that particular situation. But um, I can't spend the whole hour with you. However, if there is something detrimental going on, I can certainly refer you and do my best to make sure that you get the help that you need. And, um, also want to say that I don't diagnose, so there would not be any of that going on in the show. So let me just put that little caveat out there. Again, the number is 602-753-1589. So if you do have a question or a situation, feel free to call in. And until I hear from someone, I thought I would share some of the questions that have been sent in to me. Some of these have shown up in my advice column. And I wanted to share them here because it may be something that maybe you don't follow the advice column, and so maybe this would be helpful. Um, I get different, different subjects and different topics, and and it's been really interesting just to see how many different people have situations going on in their lives. So by all means, remember we all have problems, we all have issues, we all deal with stuff that's challenging. Life is complicated. And uh, as humans, we are complex, and so we all need a little help. And as such, I want to make sure that you know that when you call in, first of all, all calls are always anonymous, and there is no judgment. So, that said, let me get to this first little question here. I'm just going to read exactly what I got and let you know what my advice was. Dear Tasha, I need some advice. My boyfriend traveled to my hometown with me today. After we got to our destination, he took my car to run a few errands. He had said he would be back in time to pick me up and take me to a potential new client's house. I'm an artist, and I was supposed to meet someone about doing some drawings. He never showed, and I had to cancel. I called one of my friends who lives in my hometown. She drove me around looking for him. I was calling his cell phone, but he didn't answer. Thankfully, I come from a very small town, so finding my car didn't require too much driving. We found my car at a local bar, probably the first place I should have thought to look. He was passed out drunk, and the bartender was about to call the police. I got my keys out of his pocket. He wouldn't wake up. He was just snoring away. I know he needs help. He hasn't been on his meds, which he takes for various mental health issues. As such, he's been in a funk. I didn't want to leave him there, but I am tired of it, and I don't know what to do. I know in situations like that, if I allow the bartender or whomever to call the police, he will give me a guilt trip for being the bad guy. He needs to go somewhere safe, I know. But what do I do in situations like that? How do you help someone that doesn't want to help their self? By the way, he doesn't have a job and hasn't been able to keep one. Please let me know what I can do to help him. Thank you. Sincerely, good-hearted woman. Well... As I said when I wrote to her, good-hearted woman, let me first say that I greatly appreciate you trusting me with the situation. I do know how difficult it can be to talk to anyone about a loved one's mental health issues and, as what it seems like here, addiction. Additionally, I know it takes a lot of courage to ask for help. And let me say, in this situation, I'm well aware it takes possibly the most courage because it sounds like you're dealing with an addiction here, uh, or he is, and uh, it also sounds like there may be a little codependency going on. And as such, it takes a lot of courage to reach out, because it's like coming out of denial. When you don't really want to see it, um, at least not within yourself, it can be difficult to reach out and ask for help. But I want to remind you of something I think is extremely important for you to know. You are precious. I may not know you, but I don't have to know you to know that your life matters. So you have to take care of you. That's got to be your number one priority. Self-care is the most important. I can't say that enough. And as such, you cannot worry about what he's going to think about you or what will happen to him if you start taking care of you. Because it sounds like, again, he's either a substance abuser who's just currently self-medicating, whatever his mental health issues are, or uh, he's an active alcoholic. Now, I can't make that diagnosis, but I can certainly say that there's something very dysfunctional happening here. And uh, if he's not on whatever medication he's supposed to be on for whatever mental health issues he has, he's not treating those. So again, again, no matter what, there's a very dysfunctional and potentially dangerous situation here. Um, So regardless of the diagnosis, you cannot make him see that he needs help. That is not your job. And more importantly, you're going to hurt yourself trying. Um, And you can't cover for him or prevent the consequences of his actions because you're enabling him when you do that. Now, let me back up and what that is when we love somebody and we care about them we often think well I've got to protect them and I've got to keep them from going to jail and I've got to keep them from losing their job so I won't call the police when they're doing something that might hurt me or that might hurt someone else because let's remember if this man gets in the car now I know you took the keys from him but if he gets in the car he could kill somebody and if he stays at the bar He's, you know, public intoxication. In fact, he puts the bar in jeopardy. Now, in a situation like that, the bar probably would get in trouble for serving him to the point of drunkenness, but none of that is your problem. You take care of you, and if you don't, then you're not loving him by keeping him from going to jail or keeping him from losing his job. You're enabling him, which is, in essence, keeping him sick. And when you think of it that way, it makes it a little easier to realize, I can't do that. Because if you truly love someone, you don't want them to stay sick. You don't want them to stay active in their addiction. And you don't want them to continue not treating their mental health issues. Now, will you calling the cops make him change? We don't know. But that's not the point. The point is to take care of you. The point is to move on with your life, and to take care of you. And by doing so, you're one less person enabling him. And if that means that he just moves on to somebody else that enables him, well, so be it. But you'll be better off not being with someone toxic and dysfunctional. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware. I know a lot of listeners are. But I'm not sure if you, good-hearted woman, are aware that I grew up in a family where mental health issues and addiction were rampant. Um, So I'm well-versed in codependency. In other words, this is something I have done, okay? This is not something I'm judging you on. This is not a situation where I'm the expert and you're the client learning from me and my expertise. This is a situation I personally have lived. I know the family dynamics of addiction all too well. And yes, much of it via my education. But the whole reason I cho- chose that route in education is because of my personal experiences. And as such, I'm very familiar with the serenity prayer. So let me give you that in case you don't know it. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Now, what does that mean for you? God, grant me the serenity to accept this man is either an active alcoholic or has mental health issues he's not willing to treat and there's nothing I can do about that and the courage to change me and the wisdom to know the difference between the two. You cannot change another person but you can change yourself and if that means getting counseling for yourself while you find the strength and courage to either get out of this relationship or find ways to set boundaries that protect you from the active dysfunction that's obviously occurring at the moment in this relationship. However that looks for you, it is very important that you change you because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So if you continue to discover for him and pick him up and find him at bars and so forth and so on, the same thing will continue to happen. And it doesn't matter how many times you tell him, and it doesn't matter how many times you threaten. It doesn't matter how many times you say that you're never going to accept this or it's not going to happen again because we both know it will because it always does. So... Take care of you change you change your reactions to it and if the reactions are emotionally charged if they come from let's say a childhood where addiction occurred because that's where codependency got me i was attracted to men with these issues because that's what i grew up around and it was pretty difficult for me to see why i was so emotionally reactive it was because it reminded me of my family and if that's the situation then I will definitely say you will need some professional help dealing with this. And if you're local, uh, you can find free counseling at the Family Counseling Services of Lubbock. um, You can go to their website. It's fcslubbock.org. Or you can look online for some codependency meetings and Al-Anon meetings if this situation is with a, a husband or someone that lives with you certainly seek Al-Anon codependency meetings and and some professional help and counseling to try to get to the root of why you're there and why it's difficult to leave. And certainly, as always, I wish you the very best with this. I know this is extremely difficult. It's not so black and white. And as much as it may seem that way to people who aren't in the situation, I've been there uh, more than once. And the last time I was there, With an active alcoholic, it was like cutting my own arm off to leave. So I do understand how difficult it is and how much nobody wants to hear you need to get out. And let me say, too, just like with him, it may take a rock bottom for you to actually walk out. I know it certainly did for me, but I'll never be more grateful for rock bottom than I am today. I'm extremely grateful to not be in that relationship and certainly grateful that I walked away because that's when my healing and growth truly began. And that's when I started to become the person that I always had the potential to be. It's amazing how much these people hold us back. And so be sure that you take care of you. And again, I wish you all the best, all the wellness in the world of self-love and serenity. Okay, I'm going to go back and see if we have any callers. And, again, if you want to uh, write in your situations or your questions, be sure that you uh, send them either via email. Again, that's Cherokee Cherie, and the Cherie is C-H-E-R-E. You can find this on the uh, Blog Talk Radio page at Hotmail.com, Cherokee Cherie at Hotmail.com. You can send your question or your situation there, and I will uh, read it over the air and give you my advice. Or you can call in, uh, and the number here is 602-753-1589. And if you call in, your calls are anonymous, and uh, again, I will only have time to work with one situation, but I will certainly give you uh, advice and do the best I can to help you with whatever going on here's another one here. Um, Dear Tasha, this question may seem silly. There are no silly questions, by the way. It has to do with a man. Without going into too much detail, he hurt my heart a little, actually, a lot. And we're trying to work through it. But now it seems like there's a lot of bad relationship, juju, at work. Do you have any secret for warding it off? Sincerely, juju be gone. OK. So I'm not quite sure I understand this question. Um, I'm not sure I understand why there's a lot of bad relationships you do at work. But I guess, I'm guessing whatever it is has to do with something that happened at work. So, or maybe you work with this guy. Um, so let me say first, like always, thank you for your question, um, and, of course, again, there are no silly questions. Um, and this one's pretty common, actually. I mean, it's not necessarily the, the work part, but um, just that, you know, someone hurts you. And and it, it hurts a lot. And it's hard to just kind of, you know, um, get rid of the feelings that that linger afterwards. And, and this is what I'm going to address. And, again, um, do you be gone if there's something i'm not getting on this question feel free to call in and and, uh, let me know or you can write in and clarify and i'll certainly clarification um so by warding it off i assume you mean like a a ceremony or a magic cure Um, i'm just going to answer based on that assumption um and again feel free to reconnect with me if that assumption is Incorrect. You can call in or or write in, either way. But regardless of the meaning, um, the answer depends on what caused the heartache. Because I don't, since there was no specific uh, situation given to me here, I don't really know what caused the pain. And let me also say I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry that you were hurt, and I'm sorry if you are still hurting, because heartache is hard for all of us. It's not something anybody wants to go through. So I am sorry for that. Um, but truth be told, I think probably a lot of what you're experiencing is just part of healing. You know, healing is a process. Grief is a process. Forgiveness is a process. Healing is a process. So it's like grief and action, and all the stages are going to be there. Um, and if you don't know the stages of grief, remember uh, denial, anger or blame, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So remember that they're all going to be present and none of them just go away. And in fact, if someone breaks your heart or hurts you and then you're just fine, you're likely in denial. Maybe not really wanting to see this about the other person. So kudos for coming out of that because you are feeling it. And that bad juju, quote unquote, is a healing process. So... Um, I will say that all those stages need to be addressed. In other words, you need to let yourself be angry. And in that anger, you can talk about it with your significant other. Because if he is accountable and has made amends or apologized, which I'm assuming he has because you said you're trying to work it through, um, then in working it through, uh, you both have to do work. The work on his part will be to hear how his actions affected you. And that's work. I mean it sounds like it wouldn't be work to just listen, but it is work because think about how much our ego gets involved whenever we hear somebody tell us we've done something wrong and then go on about how it affected them negatively. Because we tend to feel guilty and we personalize it instead of realizing that I need to learn from this experience. We our ego kind of creeps up. And so it can be difficult to hear that, um, and not feel guilt and shame. But you know, it's, it's part of the accountability for him. That's part of the work. So make sure that you express that to him. Now, when you're angry, you don't have to express it in a violent or uh, verbally uh, assaulting way. You can just simply speak to him about the anger, letting him know that you're feeling angry. And if there is any situation in which you're kind of overreactive about something know that it's likely because that anger is there and if we stuff that down that becomes resentment so it's important to you know if he's upset with you because you snapped at him for something it's important for you to take a minute to reflect and become self-aware and realize that it's most likely about the anger you're feeling uh, the leftover anger from this particular heartache and then talk to him about it and if the timing isn't right you can say, okay, hey, I know I just kind of overreacted. Let's talk about this later because I know what this is about. Or if the time is right, and say, you know, yeah, I've, I really overreacted there. but And I'm not blaming you. I, you know, I shouldn't overreact. But the truth is I'm just still really angry. And I'm grieving this and I'm trying to work through it. But that's where I'm at right now. And maybe I need to talk to you about it so I don't snap at you anymore because I don't want to be passive aggressive. I want to be assertive and direct and talk about what I'm feeling. And then hopefully, if he's really willing to work this out with you, he'll be open to hearing that and, and you'll work together and collaborate. I think that's the word that Valerie Green used when she was on the show. It's all about collaboration. Now, of course, you don't have to use my words here. Use your words. Whatever, whatever words work in your relationship, use those. Um, but certainly the point is to try to make sure that, that each of the stages of grief are addressed And that you're expressing your feelings to him and certainly, you know, writing them down in a journal, writing an unsent letter, because there's some things you may want to say to him that you might not actually want to say because they're just going to cause a great deal of (laughs) heartache on his part and possibly a huge fight, maybe even a breakup, depending on what words you might use in anger. So, but getting that out is important too. So having a private journal or, like I said, writing it down on a piece of paper and then tearing it up or burning it in a safe way, um, by all means, take opportunity to do that. And then, of course, clear the energy. Um, you can always smudge your space and yourself and do some forgiveness work as well. So like um, when you see, like, where you know, forgiveness work, like you see the hurtful event in him either in your mind or, or in person and you speak forgiveness to him and the event itself. Um, now remember, forgiveness is a process too. And uh, now, if this is an abuse situation, of course, we're talking about a whole different deal. But if this is someone that said something that hurt your feeling, um, you know, okay, then we, you know, we all make mistakes and all right. But um, in this situation, if it's something that you're willing to move forward with, then forgiveness is going to have to be in play. Because we don't have to forgive people who hurt us. I don't believe that way. We've talked about toxic parents on the show before. And I have said, uh, even in that particular book, Toxic Parents, it states you do not have to forgive. And I am a, a big supporter of that. You do not have to forgive. Because forgiving someone, um, to me, they, there are people that deserve our forgiveness. There are some that do not. It depends on what they have done. Um, But that doesn't mean that we walk around with hate or resentment just because you don't forgive somebody. But forgiveness also doesn't mean removing accountability. So know that as well. You can forgive this man for whatever he's done that has hurt you without wiping his accountability away. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is saying, I know that you hurt me, and I know that you did something wrong, and I'm still going to work through this grief process that is here as a result of this pain that you caused. But I forgive you for causing it. Because I know that you're human, and I know that you made a mistake, and I trust that you won't do this again. So forgiveness comes with some trust, too, and letting, it know. and that's where the difference is, again, like when I talked about toxic parents, um, it, those of us that grew up with people that were forgiven and continue to do it again and again, you may forgive them long after, but you don't have to in the process. In this situation, it sounds like you're going to stick with this guy, and as such, you'll need to forgive him. Because you can't, can't give him a life sentence for something that he's done. So we don't want to get stuck in any of the stages of grief. And in order not to do that, once you get to a stage where you feel you can offer that forgiveness, then do it. But don't do it until you're ready. Because if you do it before you're ready, you're just speaking the words and it's not there. You know, when you feel ready to forgive, then you will. But you can certainly smudge your space regardless and you'll need to smudge yourself as well. And you may need to do this often because you're clearing and releasing and clearing and releasing and clearing and releasing. And as Elizabeth Harbin said when she was on the show first of the month for Psychic Wednesday, whenever you clear uh, and release this uh, energy that you're like the grief that you're going through, let's say you get really upset about something and some, you know, this this situation that happened, let's say you get really upset about it and you start to cry, you get this, you know, maybe you're in the depression phase of grief and you start cry and you really start letting a lot of this out, releasing it and getting it out and really, you know, coming to the root of it. Well, once that's gone, I mean, that's great because you've just cleared a lot, you've released a lot, you've surfaced everything and moved it out. But now you need to smudge it away because that energy's there, and replace it with something good. In other words, um, for me personally, I replace it with the bright white light of Christ. Um, some people might just replace it with the bright white light. Some people might replace it with uh, blue, the color blue, uh, because they love that color and it just makes them feel comfy and cozy and warm. Some people might replace it with purple because that's like reminds them of lavender or reminds them of prints or whatever um, makes them feel good. And so, whatever it is you want to fill that space up with, remember, like Elizabeth Harbin says, the universe will fill it up with something. So, let's let the universe know what we want to fill it up with. Let's fill it up with something good. So, when you release it, fill that up. And then, um, you know, when you do this forgiveness work, Really ask that love and blessings are sent his way and um, that the event, that situation that hurt you, is surrounded by love and light. And then maybe even engage in a gratitude ceremony. Um, that's always pretty helpful as well because I have found in my own personal gratitude ceremony, um, and this is where I just I, I find my sacred space and um, where some might meditate or do yoga, I I actually light my sage, and I call in my spirit guides and my soul family, and I express gratitude, you know, one by one to each of them um, for what they've brought into my life and all the gifts that they bring by being in my life, and that, that is a gift alone. Um, and then I I send out love and light to. Uh, specific people and individuals from the planet itself at the end of the gratitude ceremony, and that's kind of how I wrap it up. And in doing that, a lot of stuff gets surfaced for me. I, I cry a lot. <laughs> um, and I also get to send out love and light and blessings to the people who've hurt me, because they have been great teachers. And so it's important to do that with, with him as well. And then, you know, last but certainly not least, just remember that uh, the pain and the healing, it's a, it's a process. So it's going to take time. And you're both going to need to practice patience with each other and this process. So when you say that you're working through it, um, when you say, you know, we're working through the bad relationships you do, um, it's, it's kind of like you have, you have to remember that you have to get through it. Um, It's something you're going to have to get through together. It's not something either of you will get over. Um, Now, he may move on from it a lot easier than you. I don't know. Sometimes when people realize they hurt someone, it really hurts them as well. I don't know the situation here, but I do know that you will certainly not just be able to get over it. But with him, you can get through it as a couple. Otherwise, I'm not sure the couple would remain um, because, again, it will build resentment if he doesn't respect the relationship. And let me say, and this is not something you asked for, but I'm going to put this out there um, for him as well as you, just kind of future, a uh, little bit of a future reference. The relationship really needs to be viewed as a separate entity. Now, this is information I got from a, a counselor, my, my counselor, um, And it was very helpful for my relationship, Um, and this is, I would say, for my current relationship as well. Um, Whenever you're upset with your significant other or he's upset with you, you know, we can often not like the person that we're with. I mean, let's face it, we're human, so they're going to do things that annoy us, frustrate us, irritate us, anger us. and. You know, we're not always going to like them. We're not always going to want to be around each other. We, we all have our quirks. We all have our days. We all have our moods. We're all complex. So our relationships are as well. There's ebb and flow up and down, That's just part of life. But in those moments, whenever we're angry or irritated or frustrated – Even when the other person is pushing our buttons intentionally, like saying things hurtful or whatever, and I'm not talking about someone that's, you know, being just uh, rampant abuse going on here. I'm talking about like if someone else is really just in a bad mood and they just seem to really want to fight, you know, they want to argue. Even in that situation, even when you don't like him or her, uh, when you don't really care if something that comes out of your mouth hurts them, because in that moment you might not respect the relationship. And if you can say to yourself, okay, right now I don't know that I even respect you, but I respect the relationship. And that's why I'm not going to say the things I want to say, even though you're saying things you shouldn't say. I'm not going to say the things I want to say because I'm going to respect this relationship. And then, you know, the damage that he's trying to do, it's going to make it a little less personal for you because you realize what he's trying to do, right? It's just like, little kids like you know how they react to each other and you can maybe personalize it a little less but more importantly you don't walk away with regret and it makes it a little easier to work through things because then there's just one person (laughs) that has said something that is hurtful and then you can work through that as a couple I hope he's listening too and because ideally it would be best if you, the relationship, as a separate entity, like I said, so that even when you're not the happiest with each other, uh, when you're not just thrilled to be around each other, you can still respect the relationship and not make the mistake of saying something that's detrimental to the relationship itself, because that's what's difficult to repair. Um, You know, it's always words always hurt us, of course. It's difficult for us to come back from, Painful situations, we have a lot of work to do when it happens. When they accumulate, it makes the work even harder. But the relationship itself can really be damaged when we don't feel emotionally safe or when, you know, we start to have that resentment build up. So if we respect the relationship as a separate entity, we prevent a lot of that. So I hope that helps. And um, as always, you know, my very best regards to you and warmest wishes for you and your relationship. And I do hope that this is something that you will work through together and that you will be able to uh, come away with, with new lessons and hopefully some enlightenment. Excuse me, I'm going to take a drink here. My mouth getting dry. Um, I also uh, want to say, <clears throat> you know, in this in this situation with relationships, and, and this goes for everybody out there listening, um, let's remember that Valerie Green is going to be on the phone or on the show with us, well, and on the phone, with, with us February 15th. So if uh, this particular advice didn't fit for you, then feel free to call in on February 15th and talk to Valerie Green because she is, where well, I'm a life coach, she is a relationship coach and she specifies um, working with relationships. and so. She might be a great deal of help with you there. <clears throat> Maybe my tribe showing up today. I'm so sorry. I don't know. I, can't, I feel like I'm having the same problem that Elizabeth has whenever she talks to me. Um, like there's smoke in the room or something. Um, but remember, you can call in February 15th. Valerie Green will be on and relationship coach. And like I said, if this didn't fit for you today or if you guys out there listening, you know, didn't really, this didn't fit for you either. Maybe this situation is something that you've been through and this wasn't particularly your brand of advice. Well then call in and let's talk to Valerie about it because I would love to hear what, what she would have to say about the situation. And um, you know, there's always different ways to do things and certainly different uh, quote unquote expert opinions. So I'm always open to hear what, what's another, another approach we we need to have more than one approach to things, I think, because, you know, we deal with more than one type of person. And when we deal with more, more than one type of person, not everything is going to work. It's kind of like teaching kids. You, they don't all learn the same. So we have different uh, teaching tools that we employ for that reason. And the same with relationships. We have different approaches that we can take. Um, you know, I take different approaches with different clients, depending on what works with one doesn't always work with another. So the same here. Um but, you know, you might want to think about calling in for that. But otherwise, again, just wish you wish you well here, and, and I hope that this helps. Um, I think we have time for maybe one more. So, uh, again, I'm going to give you the phone line in case anybody wants to call in. We have about 15 minutes here, 602-753-1589. And you can call in and get advice on a situation, have a question ready or one situation ready, and I can give you some tips some advice on that. Um, if you don't want to call into the show, even though the calls are anonymous, if you don't want to call into the show, feel free to write in. You can always send, again, your questions or situations to my email address, which can be found on the blogtalkradio.com um, backslash Girl Power Hour page, which is, should be where you are now if you're listening. Um, but you can always send it to my email address, which can be found there. It's CherokeeCherie at Hotmail.com or you can go to the Facebook page, facebook.com backslash girlpowerhalfhour, and you can send a message there. And let me know what the question is or what the situation is, and I will try to help. Um, okay, so let me read one about friendships. Let's see here. Uh, Hello, Tasha. I am having a friendship issue. To make a long story short, I was hurt by something a close friend of mine recently said. Though I know she likely did not intend to hurt me, her words truly left me feeling down. I hesitated to say anything. I had tried to talk to her before about my feelings regarding another incident, and she quickly became defensive and dismissive. She never apologized and actually asked me for an apology. I actually questioned myself and my decision to say anything at that time, so of course you can see how I might not want to address anything with her again. Should I say something to her? Am I being overly sensitive? I read once on a Facebook post that a friendship is not like a marriage, so there's no need to make things complicated. I think most people think friendship is just about having fun, and of course I agree. Friendship should be fun. But am I supposed to just ignore it when a friend hurts my feelings? I truly appreciate you taking the time to respond sincerely, friend or foe. Well, I certainly appreciate you taking the time to write it. And, uh, of course, I will certainly try to help you with this. Let me first say, uh, and I, I make little sounds here because um, <clears throat> I, uh, I want to address uh, something and clear something from your mind. Um, the idea that you're supposed to suppress your feelings in any relationship, no. No. No, 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 (laughs) no. Suppression leads to depression. And that's what I always say. Because when we suppress our emotions, especially anger um, or pain, when we suppress that down, it becomes depression. Depression is internalized anger. That is what it is. Period. So when we have anger towards someone else, we've been hurt by somebody else. And anger masks pain, So. When we get hurt, we get angry. So when we have anger and pain and we suppress that and we don't express it, we become depressed. And we don't want that. I don't want that for you. You don't want that for you. So as such, you have a duty to yourself. And your holistic wellness, holistic wellness, not just your physical, which this situation as well, but this is your holistic wellness at stake. So you have a duty to yourself and your holistic wellness to express your feelings, your thoughts, and your overall experience in any relationship. That is a right. We have rights in relationships, and that's one of them. You have the right to communicate. And so you you need to be able to do that. And if you cannot communicate your feelings without some sort of backlash and dismissal, it's not a healthy relationship. Secondly, as for this particular friendship, um, and this goes with what I just said, uh, it it sounds to me like you might want to assess this as to whether or not it is healthy. Um, Just because of what you're saying that you know you've you've tried this before and you were asked for an apology which sounds um like maybe uh the ego is at play here on the other side now i don't know this person so i can't say that for sure but if that's happened um repeatedly or before it sounds like this is a person who for whatever reason whether it's ego or or you know whatever's going on they're not willing to uh Hear your feelings, take accountability, uh, look at themselves, whatever the situation is, but it's not something that seems like a growing healthy relationship as a friendship is a relationship, so it doesn't seem like a healthy growing situation. It sounds like a situation where you can only um, express gratitude um, and uh, appreciation and love but if you're hurt, it doesn't sound like you can say that, and so that doesn't sound good. But I know it's it's difficult to think about severing ties with friends, and I personally know that very well because I um, yeah, without family, I often, when I take in a friend, if we become close, they become like family to me. So I know that it can be difficult um, to think about that, and I'm certainly not telling you to cut off this friend. That's your decision but I am suggesting that you assess this relationship because um, you want to make sure that, one, you decide whether or not, okay, like, is this a friendship that I can just kind of recategorize because that could be the case. Um, You know, when you say, okay, I've told this person a couple of times that something hurts me, they're not willing to listen for whatever reason. It's not my job to analyze them, so I'm just going to acknowledge that And chalk that away and recategorize this friendship because over here I have this other friend who is very capable of listening to my feelings and um, respecting them and talking things out with me. If something hurts and I let him or her know, then he or she is willing to hear me and, um, you know, address any accountability on his or her part, and and then we move forward, you know, and and vice versa. When he or she brings something to me, I'm able to hear and do the same. Um, And that would be, like, your best friend, you know, like the person that you're really close to, that's your person, that you can go to about anything. You can feel emotionally safe to express yourself, and they're not going to um, turn on you. Whereas this other person might just become more of, like, an acquaintance and not... A severed tie but just maybe not as close of a friend maybe a friend that you go to lunch with here and there and you have talks with whenever you don't have anything else to do but no one that you're really like best friends with because they're not really a person that you can share yourself with completely and be accepted and and respected and listened to so they may not necessarily be someone that you want to cut off completely because that's not always necessary um in fact it can sometimes be pretty unhealthy to just cut people off because they make mistakes or because they're not perfect, you know. Um, But it is something you need to decide. Like, is this a healthy friendship that I can continue? Because I don't know the extent of the situation, this one piece. Or is this a friendship that I can just recategorize? And that's going to be up to you. But the point is you need to practice self-care here. Now that I can tell you because you'll definitely want to look at What's happening for you, and how can you protect yourself by either recategorizing the friendship and just pulling back a bit and not being involved as much or or at least not in that way? Um, and that's fine that doesn't make that person a bad person again, it just recategorizes the friendship um, or is this someone that is really kind of narcissistic and you know, again, I can't make that diagnosis. I don't know this person. I just know this one situation. But that's something for you to discover and decide. And if you do decide that, then that might be a situation where you're like, you know, this just isn't at all healthy for me. I just can't be around this person without her saying something that hurts my feelings. And I'm just getting hurt all the time. And I'm not able to say that because she won't hear me. So I just can't. And that would be fine, too. That's going to be up to you. Um But I just want to reiterate, if you're not a friend to yourself, you can't be a friend to somebody else. So the most important thing here is to remember that a friend is not an enabler. They don't just uh, – friends aren't just here to cheer on everything we do, no matter what it is, no matter how much it hurts us or someone else. They're, They're actually here to mirror us and help us grow. So the little Facebook post that you saw, I mean, acquaintanceship is not like a marriage. Like, we don't walk around telling everybody how they affect us necessarily. Although, I, I almost feel like the world would be a better place if we did. But uh, we don't at present do that. So, but you know, with regard to um, friendships, I do believe that they may not be like marriages because they're not romantic, but they are commitments. And. When we take on a friend, we need to do that with responsibility and accountability and commitment. And if we, have, um, if we have someone we're calling our best friend, or I hear women say a lot, you're my sister, if we say that, we're putting a really important title on that person. Because to me, that is like a man saying, you're my wife, you're my fiancé, you're my girlfriend. All of those titles command respect, and um, they they are commitments. They are vows. You know, when you say that, it comes with responsibility. If you don't want that responsibility, then you don't get married. You don't get a girlfriend. You don't get a fiancé. You don't get a friend if you don't want the responsibility of being a friend. And you don't get to call someone your best friend or your sister if you're not going to be a best friend or a sister. So that said, remember, you're not being too sensitive. There is no such thing as too sensitive. You're actually feeling what you feel because you feel it, because that's who you are. And that any judgment that's coming off of that is about the other person, not about you. And, Self-care is most vital. Being your own best friend is most vital. Learning that we live in a world that would like to teach us that friendship is not a marriage and therefore, I mean, it shouldn't be difficult. It's just about fun. No, that is not what friendship is because friendship is a relationship and a relationship is like a marriage. And in that way, we have responsibility and we have accountability and we make commitments to each other, whether they're spoken or not. And more importantly, we love ourselves first as our best friend. And then the next person is the person outside of us that we love. And if that person is hurting us, then they're hurting our best friend. So that's when we make an assessment. You know, is this, some, is this someone I can back off of or is this someone I can cut out completely or that I need to cut out completely? And, again, that's going to be up to you. But I just want to make sure that you know that, no, you are not being, you're not being too sensitive. And, yes, you have every right to say what's going on and to tell the person how they're making you feel or how you're feeling as a result of what's going on. And you have a right to do that and a responsibility to yourself. So I I wish you well in this situation. I hope that that helps you. Um, I just know that if you can't speak to this person, again, you're going to have to assess what you need to do here. But certainly get those feelings out. Write them in an unsent letter if you have to. And I wish you all the best with this. And you can always email me if you want to get more information here. That's really all the time we have today, folks. And I hope that you will... Uh, take advantage of this show and start calling in and writing in. I hope that this works for everyone. Let me know. Give me some feedback. Um, email me, CherokeeSharie at Hotmail.com, or message me on the Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Girl power Half Hour. Uh, again, tune in next Wednesday, January 25th, for Tea Time with Skylar Liberty Rose. And uh, hopefully you guys will tune in then, and I'll talk to you soon. Have a wonderful rest of your day and rest of the week. And enjoy your weekend. You deserve it. Um, Talk to you next week.